right, welcome back. Let me just adjust a few things here and we'll have uh, a talk followed by some Zazen. All right. Um, because we're talking about a teaching today by a famous teacher, it's polite to recite something called the, the verse to open the sutras. So I'll just recite that. The Dharma, incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we see, hear, receive and maintain this. May we all realize the Tathagata's true teachings. The Dharma, incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we see, hear, receive and maintain this. May we all realize the Tathagata's true meaning. The Dharma, incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we see, hear, receive, and maintain this. May we all realize the Tathagata's true teachings. Well, today we're going to talk about one of the classic teachings or poems or expressions of our Soto tradition. Actually, when it was known as uh, Saodong in China, uh, before it came to Japan, this is uh, something by the great master Hongzhi of Tiantong Monastery. He's known as Wangshu in Japanese. And actually, I may have a chance to go to Tiantong Monastery in maybe just a few weeks. I hope to take you guys with me. That would be wonderful. Tiantong was where Master Dogen went when uh, he went to uh, China. And Hongzhi was just a few generations before that time, coming up to, uh, we're getting close to a thousand years, not too long ago, uh, when this was, yeah, just, just right around the corner. And uh, this is considered one of the clearest expressions of silent illumination zazen, which, when it came to Japan, became Shikantaza, which we practice. And you're going to ask what the difference is. I posted an essay that discusses the, the little bits of different flavor, but it's really the same thing. It just uh, expressed a little different. I express, people say, what's, you know, the difference between Chinese food and Japanese food. Sometimes Chinese writing or Chinese expressions of things, like Chinese food compared to Japanese food, a little more colorful a little more spicy, many more ingredients, a little more poetic flavor to it. And Japanese expressions of things can be a little more shadows and light, like a Rembrandt painting, uh, subtle, uh, not so colorful somehow, but uh, a simple, quiet flavor. That's Japanese food compared to Chinese food. If you go to a Japanese temple, it tends to be shades of black and white, and gray colors, 
and shadows. If you go to a Chinese temple, yellows and reds and blues, and very, very colorful, and gold Buddhas, and even neon. I mean, I've seen it in some modern Chinese temples, really, really wild. Well, so this is Master Hongzhi's way of expressing silent illumination. And before we get into it, just a few quick things about reading Zen. People say that Zen cannot be explained. The Tao says the Tao that can be said in words, the Tao that can be named is not the Tao, you know. And that's true. There are there's something as the French say, Taigu je ne sais quoi. There's something that we taste in life and who we are that's beyond words. Can't explain it, just experience it in our in our bones when we sit. And there are other things, though, about Zen that can be explained. Not everything about Zen is hard to understand. Some of this is actually quite explainable, at least on a, a certain level. It's a little bit like explaining the recipe for making cheesecake and actually tasting the cheesecake. Well, there are some things about cheesecake you can't just put in words. You just have to express it. But there are some things I could express about how to make the crust with the graham crackers or how much milk to put in in butter, and you can understand. Well, there are things about Zen that can be explained too, and some things you just have to taste. But there are some things about Zen that seem mysterious, in, especially in a poem like this, for a very simple reason. And that's because this was written almost a thousand years ago with all kinds of slang and Chinese jokes, poem references, references to stories. And sometimes, sometimes the mysterious is mysterious because it's truly mysterious and beyond words. And sometimes the mysterious is mysterious because we just forgot what he's talking about. It's a little bit, in modern times, I like to say, if, if uh, I used expressions like bling bling, talk to the hand. Uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And expecting someone a thousand years from now in Liberia to understand my Americanism slang. They might think, talk to the hand is the sound of one hand. That was cute, right? Talk to one hand is the sound of one hand. Okay. So, this is the guidepost of silent illumination. Some of the reference here is the poems are uh, just... Well, it's just beautiful. We'll get into it. It's a guidepost. It's pointing the way. The actual name is more like the inscription of silent illumination. Something to carve into your heart. And here it begins. Silent and serene, forgetting words. Bright clarity appears before you. We sit silent. We let the mind become silent and serene. We forget about judgments. We forget about words and categories. But if you just sit in silence, it's like dead wood. Instead, people think that if you stop thinking about things, you just become dead, dull, like turning the machine off, the motor off. No. In our way, a certain illumination arises, a certain insight, a certain clarity. When you're sitting, dropping names, judgments and words, and just sitting, you actually understand something beyond words. This is this illumination. We don't sit just silently. We sit silent 
with illumination that arises, prajna, Buddhist wisdom. If you've been sitting any time at all, I think you understand what I'm saying. When you reflect it, you become vast. When you embody it, you are spiritually uplifted. When this light of wisdom fills you, the hard borders between you and the rest of the world soften, drop away. You become vast, more than vast, boundless. The whole world and you are no longer disconnected. And when you embody it, you become spiritually uplifted. It raises you, it fills you with a certain energy, understanding, feeling that everything is somehow right. So we don't just sit silently. We're filled with this, I don't want to say boundless light. It sounds a little corny. sounds a little new age to say that. But some certain understanding and wisdom is presented to us that we don't usually get in this day-to-day -day world that we, we smash and, and break to pieces with our minds. Spiritually solitary and shining. Inner illumination restores wonder. Sometimes we wake up and life seems gray. Sometimes life seems ugly. But somehow, when we spit, sit like this, sitting still, alone yet together with all things, this light, this inner illumination, this prajna, restores the wonderful, wondrous wonder of just being alive, just this universe, just our being here. Dew in the moonlight, a river of stars, snow-covered pines, clouds enveloping the peak. This whole world is made of so many different parts that all come together. We have a scientist sitting here with us who studies all the little parts of life, of the cells, and, the, and other scientists study the parts about the weather and the, the sunlight and the stars. It all comes together, and it's so natural, just do in the moonlight a river of stars, snow on the pine trees, clouds enveloping the peak. There's some natural wonder that we are part of, that we are who we are. And we taste this in Zazen. In darkness it is most bright, while hidden all the more manifest. So we have all these separate pieces that make the world, the moonlight and the dew and the stars and the pines. And when you shut the lights off, where do they go? They vanish. In Chinese poetry, the Zen poetry, this is an image of all things coming together in the darkness. We, we were chanting the uh, harmony of relative and absolute before. And it says, in darkness, all things are one.
in the light, all things are shown to be separate, you and me, Gina and me and you. But when the lights go off, where does it all go? It all becomes one. So darkness in, in Chinese poetry is a symbol of things coming together. There's darkness and light, but do not think of it as light. Not one, not two. Separate, but not apart. That's what this poem is about, too. So it says, The crane dreams in the wintry mist. This is a, another image from Chinese Chan poetry. A white crane standing in the snow. You know? So the white crane is standing in the snow and it vanishes white on white. But yet, it's a separate crane in the snow, maybe basically made out by the silhouette, but yet it vanishes white on white. This is trying to convey too this harmony of unity and separation that we appear to be apart from all things. The crane is apart from the snow, yet white on white, or when the lights are turned out, all is one. The autumn waters flow far in the distance. The crane is in the wintry snow, but it's dreaming. That is you and me dreaming with a head filled of thoughts that creates separation. And another image, imagine a river. This is life. The river comes from somewhere. We don't know where. The river flows off to the future. We don't know where. But here we are. I don't sometimes say in our little boat, in a river, we were born here with, a, with an oar in our hands. Life is pointing us, keep going forward, keep rowing. We don't know where the river came from exactly. We don't know where it's going. But yet here we are, dreaming this dream of life. Endless kalpas are totally empty. All things completely the same. Kalpa is, a, is an era of time. You might think of it as uh, from Big Bang to uh, the total cooling of the universe would be a kalpa. But the Buddhist image was then you have another Big Bang and another Big Bang. But we don't have to worry about that. The point is that endless ages of time are all empty. And all things are completely the same. Endless errors of time of just are just this moment. And all the things of the universe, from the farthest star to the inside of the smallest atom, all the same. This is what is revealed through silent illumination. When wonder exists in serenity, all achievement is forgotten in illumination. There's nowhere in need of going. There's nothing in need of achieving. Just sitting here in our little boat on this river. Serene, peaceful, complete. What is this wonder? It is alertly. Alertly means we're not sleeping. We're alert. We see through the usual confusion. We see through confusion, the confusion of life. 
where it seems so complicated, so sometimes disappointing, so scary, sometimes so beautiful, so wonderful. But a million things going on, like last time I described the storms, that storm in your mind, suddenly when you're sitting still and serene, and this simple light of prajna fills you, all the f confusion becomes clear. We see through the confusion. Life is still complex, but somehow we see through it. Time is still passing, but somehow we see through it. We still feel like separate individuals named me or named you, but somehow we see through it to some greater unity. This is the way of silent illumination and the origin of subtle radiance. Vision penetrating into subtle ra radiance is weaving gold on a jade bloom. We weave this life, we weave this image of, of how we experience life right here with our mind. And you can make an ugly pattern or you can make a, 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 a very complicated and tangled pattern or you can make something simple and, and beautiful here. When this radiance fills us it's as if waving, weaving a brocade of gold. Upright and inclined yield to each other. Light and dark are interdependent. These are code words for what we were chanting about before, the absolute and the relative. The upright is the absolute where all the divisions, all the separations, all the frictions, all the names, all the categories are dropped away into some harmony, some unity, some wholeness. And the inclined is this world of things. You, me, this, that, bell, light, star, tree. The same with light and dark. As I said, the light is when we see all the separate things, when the lights are on, and when it's dark, they all vanish into this wholeness, this unity. Well, it doesn't say that one is right and one is wrong. Notice what it says. They yield to each other. They're interdependent. We need to see this world as separate things. But if you do that, you're partially blind. Also learn to taste this life for the wholeness it is. Also learn to see for all the noise and separation. Also learn to see this quiet, the, whole, the stillness. But they're both right. They're actually both the same at once when we can taste the silent illumination. Not depending on sense, faculty, and object. At the right time they interact. When the senses are quiet. When they stop seeing things. The things are there but they merge together. I don't know. You, you see a cell you're studying, but yet you see mitochondria, and you see the cell wall, and you see the, what's the stuff in the cell? The uh, cytoplasm. <laughs> so you see all the parts. But yet, if you look at it another way, it's just this harmonious whole called the cell. Right? And the cells come together as a harmonious whole which form our body. Sometimes, unfortunately, maybe cancer too. But 
in our practice here, we don't get lost in the parts. We see the whole. The whole is also part of you and is you. So drink the medicine of good views. Beat the poison smeared drum. More Chinese poetic uh, imagery. But this is the medicine that cures our seeing life always as divided, good and bad, ugly and beautiful. This is the medicine that lets us see through that. And beating the poison smeared drum, it's just another way of saying this is a very, very powerful practice. When they interact, killing and giving life are up to you. This is another thing. We even divide the world into life and death. Things are born, things exist for a while and fade away. But even in this wholeness, it's so whole that we see that even though things come and go, there's something beyond life and death. Like the waves on the sea, the sea, the wave comes, the wave goes, but the sea remains. So even in this practice, we see that, in a sense, you're making categories of life and death, of being born and destroyed, is even here. It's up to you. Through the gate, the self emerges and branches bear fruit. You know, on the tree, fruit comes, fruit goes. Flowers appear, flowers fall. Leaves come, leaves go. This is actually where the tree leaf name comes from. And you're one of the fruits who was born on this beautiful tree. But you're also just the tree. You're also the wholeness of it all. Only silence is the supreme truth. We can't really talk about this. You have to taste it in the silence of our sitting. Because if you talk about it with words, with categories, with descriptions, that's breaking the words in pieces in the silence, in the dark, in the quiet, it all comes together. And only illumination then is the universal response that answers the great question. Responding without falling into achievement, it's not a matter, again, of having to get something to discover. We sit still. We feel life whole without the goal, not trying to achieve, and we realize it was here all along. When you drop the running after, when you drop the desire to get to something, to achieve, and you sit still, it comes to you. Well, actually it doesn't. That's, it was here all along. You discovered it was here all along. We learn so much in this life how to run after, how to get a goal. Even in our Buddhism, we want to get enlightened. We want to find the answer. We want to know what it all means. But in this practice, when we sit, dropping the need to achieve, dropping to go the goal, dropping the need to have an answer, there's an answer. <laughs> It speaks without involving listeners. It's something spoken, a teaching given that is so whole, so complete, that there's no speaker and no separate person to hear it. Because we always think there's a classroom with a teacher and a, and a student listening. But this teaching of wholeness is so whole, there is no separate teacher. There is no separate student. 
the ten thousand forms majestically glisten and expound the Dharma in this wholeness, it's not as if the separate things vanish this lovely world. I'm glad it doesn't vanish. I like to live in it. I like to be me. I like to be you. The mountains, the stars, the trees, they're still there. But now each one of them is the teacher. Each one of them is singing the song of wholeness. Each one is dancing this dance of wholeness. All objects certify it. Everyone in dialogue. Everyone playing its part. Dialoguing and certifying. They respond appropriately to each other. What's the image? They're all dancing together, supporting each other, merging into each other. They're all teaching these teachings of wholeness. All the separate things in the world are, are part of this dance. Now, be careful though. If illumination neglects serenity, then aggressiveness appears. The usual interpretation of this is, is that if you just understand this intellectually, if you're just an armchair Buddhist, if you just understand that, oh yes, I guess if you see things a certain way, there's wholeness, there's still a certain division of the mind. You have to sit. You have to sit. And then you realize that all things are engaged in this great dance, certifying and dialoguing, they respond to each other appropriately. But if you just sit in quiet, in stillness, like a dead rock, a dead, a dead piece of wood, without this light that I'm talking about, this light of wisdom and prajna that, that makes all things clear, without that, then it just becomes murky sitting. You might as well take a nap. You might as well doze off. You probably will. But when silent illumination is fulfilled, the lotus blossoms, the dreamer awakens. We say the lotus blossoms in the mud. It's a symbol for the Buddhist teachings that arise amid the dirty mud of the world. But you know, here the flower arises and illuminates the mud too. This murky world that seems so sometimes dirty and ugly and also becomes part of it all. It, the flower needs the soil in order to grow. It's all this wholeness and the dreamer awakens. You who lives in this dream of separation, you awaken to the harmony, to the wholeness of it all. Then the hundred streams of separate, a hundred separate streams flow into the one ocean. All the waters of the separate things one of which is you, one of which is me, now flow into the ocean. A thousand ranges, a thousand separate mountains of face the highest peak, all the separate things come together. Like geese preferring milk, like bees gathering nectar. I think this means, this is a Chinese poetic re reference to just things, it's the natural way things are like cats wanting catnip, like uh, birds taking to the sky, like fish taking to water. When silent illumination reaches the ultimate, I offer my teaching. The teaching of silent illumination penetrates from the highest down to the foundation, from the farthest star down to the smallest atom. This body being shunyata, 
emptiness, the dance of emptiness, which we've spoken about uh, other times, is this wonderful dance of all of reality, where all the separate things come together. The arms in mudra, or this mudra, are two separate hands come together in the mudra that represents the wholeness. That's why we sit like this. The separate comes together into the whole. From beginning to end, the changing appearances and 10,000 differences share one pattern, the same thing. The 10,000 things, all the changing appearances of light, all the divisions come together into one pattern, this wonderful cloth we weave. Mr. Ho offered jade to the emperor. Minister Shan Ru pointed to its flaws. Again, this is an old, old story. I had to look up. I never quite found out about Mr. Ho. But Shangru, the point of the story is he was given a jade and it had some imperfections in it. And he learned to see the perfection that was in the imperfect jade. Sometimes like you and me and all of life, it's a jewel with imperfections. It's not as we wish it to be. Yet it is beautifully, perfectly a jewel just as it is. That's the kind of the point of the story and of all our lives, even when they seem more like sharp rocks being thrown at us than jewels. Facing changes has its principles. Going with the changes of life, you know, life is constantly changing. Stuff happens, man. I found out I'm going to be a daddy this week. That was a big change. I'll talk about that another day. I'm going to be a daddy. I, I, we finally got the word. I'm going to be a daddy of a one-year-old. The pictures came from China. From China, too. Another thing from China. But that's another story. So you go with the changes. Big changes. My life is not the same as it was two days ago. But the great function is without striving. Don't strive. Let it be. Go with the flow. You are the flow. Both at once. It's going to be a lot of hard work to be the father to a child. Stuff i got to do. Diapers to be put on. Food to be put on the table. A lot of stuff. Yet at the same time, don't strive. Go with the flow. You are the flow. That's our perspective, doing both at once. The ruler stays in his kingdom. The general goes beyond the frontiers. For the moment, let's just take this this way. We are on the cushion, sitting. The ruler in our kingdom. We can taste the silence, the stillness. But when we go out, like a general riding out of our house, into life, take it with you. It's there too, just as much. This is our school's affair, in other words, the Soto school, the Saldung school. It hits the mark straight and true. In other words, listen to what I'm saying. I'm speaking the truth here. Transmit it to all directions without desiring to gain credit. Spread these teachings far and wide, but don't take credit for them. They come from the universe. They come from truth. That's it. So I hope in your practice you can taste a little bit of the harmony in the relative. We have a few minutes before you have to go back to work into like a general writing off. <laughs> Let's sit for just uh, five, five minutes or so. I'll ring the bell. You can sit right here. Yeah.